0: Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Um, Thanks for listening and tuning in another episode. We're live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. Unfortunately, we're not on Amazon today. And here's the reason why. Because as you can see in the bottom there, we are producing with Switcher Studio. And because I'm living the adventurous life, I signed up for their experimental feature to stream in 1920 by I don't know something else up up high, and that resolution is not um, not accepted by Amazon. So we're not live there, but we're live everywhere else. So that's okay. You can still check out today's guest podcast business unveiled on all the different podcast channels. Um, but if I may say so myself, I'm looking at myself here. I'm not sure I've been this clear in a long time, Um, so it seems like it might be working. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments, I'll try to catch up once we bring today's guest on the show. Today, we wanna talk about productivity and that's always an interesting thing because you know how much stuff I have to do before I ever can write a word? I have to go vacuum the upstairs, vacuum the neighbor's house, do laundry. I hate doing laundry. I haven't, you know. But anyway, do you know what I'm saying? There's always stuff you can find to, to avoid stuff. So we want to talk about productivity, getting stuff done, and getting the right things done. So how do we do that? How do we figure out what that is? Today's expert, we'll get her out of the green room here, Angela Profit. Thanks for joining us on the show today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you, and of course, I was on your show, I don't know, it seems like a long time ago, by now, Business Unveiled, right? People can can search for that on all the different networks.
1: That's right, businessunveiled.com.
0: Businessunveiled.com. So tell us about what's your your background in productivity? What, uh, what makes you the expert, if I can ask that way?
1: Yeah, so my whole journey started um, when I went to school. Cool. You know, I went to college, just like my parents told me to do. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I knew that I loved to help people. And I knew that I was really driven by being around other fun, exciting people. And so I started out going to nursing school and I did an internship at the morgue with dead people. I didn't know that that's what a morgue was. I knew a girl that worked there, and I started to do my clinical rotations, and I really didn't like inflicting pain on people that were alive, and so I quickly changed my major to psychology, and I'm so glad that I did, and so that's what I went to school for. I worked in a mental health hospital, and at that time, I really thought that I was going to help a lot of people, right? You study something, you read it, and then you get into it, and it's like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I really realized after about a year that I was not going to be able to help those people. They are very sick and there's so many circumstances to take into place. And it was a very depressing job that I was not cut out for. But what I did learn was how to be patient with people and more importantly, how not to take it personally because you never know what's going on with someone just by looking at them. But on the technology side, this was the year that the government was mandating EMR in America, in the United States, that, that was uh, electronical medical records. And so I really took to wanting to cheer people on like a lot of the doctors and the nurses. You know, we all hate change. A lot of us hate change. And so getting rid of their paper charts and scanning them into this thing called the cloud. This is over 25 years ago. And they were all afraid of it. But I, I was very young and I saw at a young age how powerful using the cloud was going to be. And I didn't know that God was setting me up to be able to manage all of these things, you know, 20 plus years later so that's where i really started to learn and then i got into my family and a wedding venue on the gulf coast and i i never thought i would be in the creative wedding industry and events industry but i continued into healthcare for about a decade but i also had this fun side hustle on the side that i just loved decorating for people and and again back then pinterest and social media did not exist And so every time something came out, I'd already graduated college. When Facebook started, my little brother would remind me, he's like, you're too old to use this new cool social thing. But as soon as I could get a page, I got a page. Then Twitter came out. And so I was always on the forefront of I was just kind of a tech geek wanting to understand how it worked. I've had a computer crash when I was in college. I've had my car broken into and my purse was stolen. I don't care about my purse or my money. I care about my planner, my paper planner with everything written down in there, because I thought my life was so important back then. But it forced me to never want to feel like that again and never lose my pictures and my emails and my paper planner because I don't know what to do the next day. So I really started to understand what is the cloud? What is a calendar, a digital calendar? What's a digital to-do list? And so that was really the start of it for me that it just, I turned into like this tech geek. I'm the girl that would rather have all the tech tools rather than like clothes and shoes and purses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I don't really need any shoes either, but I also prefer the tech tools. I mean, you should see this place. It's like, I'm in a studio now. Um, but interesting. Um, interesting. Int- now I lost my train of thought here for a second, what you were talking about. Um, oh, My 13-year-old tells me all the time, I can't use this network. I can't use this. I'm too old. And then she finds it awesome when I post something of her. It has like 2,000 views, you know. So now I can use it all of a sudden. Um, So that's interesting. So I know it sounds simple if you think about it, right? Um, But I always like to start with some kind of definition. Now, I've been busy all day. I've been doing stuff, moving things from folders, finding things in folders, you know, going. Have you seen those folder structures in some companies? You go like 15 levels down. Oh, my God. My goodness. But being busy isn't being productive. Right. I mean, what's productivity? What's like, how do we need to think about it? What are we trying to do?
1: And and you said it. It's key. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. And I'm a walking poster child of that because the first decade that I had my events business, we were working with over 250 clients a year. And I finally hired like a real accountant and that's when I left corporate America and left healthcare. And then I was like, I'm gonna try this entrepreneurship thing and like run a business. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But my accountant sat me down and he's like, You're really busy, but do you realize you're not profitable? You're coming, you have money in the bank, but you're not profitable. And I didn't understand. And he started using all these big words. Well, they weren't even big words. I didn't even know what they meant like gross revenue and and a net profit. I'm like, I don't know what any of that is. So I had to learn, but what I learned. That year, back in 2010, was I was no way gonna do that many events and work with that many people and not make a profit. And so I really had to look at my calendar and say, "Oh my gosh, I'm so busy." But are you busy doing the right things? And I had optimized our company. I had 12 employees at the time, and everything was in the cloud. We had processes and procedures, and Google Docs and Dropbox. We had all that, but I was saying yes to the wrong things that did not align with my goals. And no one had ever asked me, what are your goals? What are your financial goals? How how do you see your business in 3 years, 5 years, 10 years? Why are you doing all of this? And so it really got me to think differently. And so I really had to shift my mindset to do something different. And it took about 2 years because most of our clients hire us and we're on the books for 15, 18 months sometimes planning these large events. And mm-hmm. so it took me about two years to learn how to pre-qualify what I was going to say yes to. is isn't fun or sexy, but as a business owner, if you don't know your numbers, it's like flying a plane, blindfolded, not knowing where the heck you're going to land. And we don't buy plane tickets and go places. So it's really important understanding that what you're saying yes to is, you, A, you're going to show up 100%, be present. And you actually are happy in what you're doing. And there's a difference between saying yes to something because you feel like you have to, or you feel like you're going to hurt someone's feelings versus saying that's not in alignment with our quarterly goals. And thank you for thinking of me. You can circle back in the next quarter. But I had to get really good at saying the word no.
0: Yeah, and that can be hard for people, for sure. I I definitely agree with that. Um, what's interesting to me though is the whole comment about profitability, because profitability is very different from cash flow, right? I mean, if I'm bringing in a new, I mean, I'm not a finance guy here by any stretch of the imagination, but if I bring in a good chunk of change, but I have 30 people working on it, right? And it takes them, and I, I'm I want to ask you a little bit about the whole time blocking thing, and I'm a um I hate time anything is time restricted doesn't help me personally i just drives me crazy, but we'll talk about that in a little bit here um, so let's remember to go back to that. but um why do companies why is it so hard for some companies to kind of remember that and and keep that top of mind right if you're if, if you're I don't know eighty thousand dollar a year employee if the, if it takes them you know, half of the year to finish a $20,000 project. I mean, I can tell you that's not profitable.
1: No, not at all. (laughs) It really, honestly, I really feel like, and this is just for me speaking from my experience, it starts with the top down. And so however you adopt, like whatever your leadership style is, like if you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off and you're acting that way in, it, and I don't even want to say office environment because I've had a virtual team for almost a decade. There's people that work with us all over the world, but they know that we GSD, we get stuff done, and but we have a process to get stuff done, and so and we also set the expectations for our clients and for our team members. And when we take on a client, we go and we calendar block and we put a time frame on that project. Now we have to be flexible and mm-hmm. it's not always perfect because life's not perfect, but at least we've set the expectation of the client that this is the time frame that we have blocked for this project. And if we need to extend it, we can, there's typically a cost associated with that. And of course there's going to be a cost to expedite things, but when you know your limits and you track your time, and I did it for a whole year before I ever even implemented this way that we're going to block and bill our clients the first of every month. But what we're doing now, even what a lot of people don't realize with content creation, it takes five of us, five, because our brains work so differently to come together at a table, to put a strategy together, put the design, the copy, uh, the colors, the branding, all of it that we do for our clients in a 90 day process. And then we have to test it, A, B, split test and see if it's working so we sometimes we don't know what people are going to respond to especially now we're in such a different world post pandemic that people's buying habits have changed and and so but productivity has especially for me it hasn't changed too much because I've always implemented a process when we onboard a team member that this is how we work this is efficient and this is what's profitable so this is what we're doing period <laughs> <laughs>
0: Period. So, um, when you time lock though, I mean, you also have to be aware that that can, that can present, um, unnecessary stress to some kind of people. Right. So, but on the other hand too, I mean, how long does it take me to do this article? And then, you know, if you ask me, Christoph, how long does it take you to do that article? I said, well, Angel, how much time do I have? You know, I mean, it's, it's expandable if I have four hours, I, depending on on the topic, obviously. Right. But, um, some kind they can be done in four hours. I mean, I wrote one this morning in three hours, and I got out the door in no time. You know, um, others take longer, and I, it does depend on the subject subject matter expertise to to a certain extent. Before we get into the next session, uh, question here really quickly. We mentioned uh, maybe we didn't SwitcherStudio.com. Check them out. Trap One gets you the first month off. You can produce your live streams directly on your ipad iphone and then i'm using my camera on my monitor and uh, of course that's how angela joined us as well angela great experience on your end right you can see the back channel and the live stream and everything at the same time
1: yes it's so cool i'm like uh i think we need this <laughs> we're gonna look well, into it
0: give it a try trap one one month off so how about prioritization though because i mean you, i could do a million things today right and and how do i prioritize. How important is that to be efficient, to to actually pick the right things to do?
1: Well, prioritizing what is going to go on your calendar to time block is very important. I'll give you a couple examples. So for example, however many projects we have in the queue, I know that there's certain things in my company, which I delegate 90% of it, but there are a few things that no one else can do but me. And we sit down every December and we literally start month by month and we start to block. And so we batch a lot of our stuff too. That's another thing that I learned really, I would say when I, when I hired an accountant and a business manager, they taught me, it's like, do all of your meetings on Tuesday, Thursday, back to back, to back, to back, do your podcast, talk to 10 to 12 people in a day. And now it's it, my personality. I could talk to people all day long is not for everybody. Okay. So you have to know your limitations. And if, if you're going to get tired or you're not going to be able to show up hundred percent, then don't do that to yourself. But you've got to think ahead and you've got to think about, okay, what do I need to do this week? What do I have to do this week? Not what I, what do I want to do this week? So you put them into three different buckets of, you know, you've got your family, kids, just life in general, which is on my calendar, a blue calendar, we color code everything. Mm -hmm. And then I've got my personal time, like things I want to go to the gym. I want to go to the grocery store that is healthy down the road. If I get busy, I'll have it delivered. Yes, I pay for the convenience, but that's freeing up a little bit of time. If I have a really busy week, that's my orange calendar and then there's meetings that i have to do and i don't do meetings every day i again we block our days i do a lot of strategy and i know that i want to i really want to do a brain dump and be in it for 8 to 10 hours and i shut every distraction out and we tell our clients that like don't call me don't text me just rant, like i'm not going to pick up and i'm not going to respond we have a communications director for that so she'll be there but when I'm with you or when I'm working on your project, I'm 100% all in focus. The notifications get turned off and I, I shut the distractions out. And I find that I'm a lot more focused and I'm a lot more excited when I'm not trying to answer every phone call or answer every t- text message or look at every notification. It'll be there when I'm done. And I know that now it, it's it takes discipline. It really does. But the payoff in, in working ahead And being able to look at my calendar a week ahead and see all the different colors of what's on there, red is the meetings, green is behind the scenes, client time, which is a little bit flexible, but I have to do those things. And so the goal is to look at the calendar every Sunday each week ahead and say, okay, how balanced am I this week based on all the colors? And again, sometimes things have to be flexible, but I would say 85% of the time, I'm able to show up 100% and be present in every single thing that's on my calendar. And it's also a mindset that will help you get there.
0: So I think the devil is in the details to an extent, right? When you first mentioned that, I I was kind of like, oh, that means pressure, 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 you have this much time to get it done. But what it really means, and I actually do what you just described, actually, as you know, because we moved this a couple of times, because, you know, you were in the wrong bucket on my calendar, and then I was in the wrong bucket on your calendar, and then Finally, we found a date. and But but we didn't actually say that to each other, but that's exactly what happened. So um, I, I think that's a fantastic strategy. Put stuff on your calendar. And, you know, meetings, there, there are some meetings that can be very helpful. There are some meetings that can be collaborative. But especially as a content creator, here's what you can't do. You can't be in meetings all day because if you are, you're never going to have time to create anything, right? Because all this stuff takes time. So you have to prioritize. When do you do it? How do you do it? What's the workflow? I mean, I'm with you on that. All right, you convinced me. Uh, I'm not easy to convince, so um, that's awesome to see. Now, you talk about the time st- starved entrepreneur, and I'm thinking, who isn't time starved? Mm-hmm. And then the other question I just thought of, that's not on the screen, but. Is time starved actually a mindset or is it a real thing? I mean, if I'm in meetings all day and my boss says, you come to meetings, go to meetings, go to meetings. Like, I guess I, I am time starved and I don't have any control over it. But if I figure out a way to to time block my my week or my days, how can I be time starved? I control my time. Exactly.
1: I don't feel time starved anymore, but I used to. I used to feel like... I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. But the reason that I felt that way is because I was saying yes to every single project or client or opportunity or networking event or trip or every single thing that was coming at me. I didn't ask any questions. I didn't pre-qualify. I didn't clarify. I, I would I would get invited to go on these trips to see these brand new venues all over the world, all over the country, because we used to do destination weddings. And but I had to start asking the right questions. So number one, and this is just an example of saying, would I do business at this venue? Would I do business in this country? Would I take clients to this island? If they're not a five star, four star diamond, which is what most of our clients want in the luxury space, then the answer has to be no, because it's not a good use of my time to go there and and check it out, even though it's a free trip. Not only would I be gone for a week, and usually they're 15 to 20-hour flights, when I get back, I'm usually really behind. And so that's the other thing. When you go on vacation or when you travel or you know that you're going to be out of the office for a few days, block those few days when you get back so you actually have the opportunity to catch up so you're not doing it at 10 o'clock at night till 2 in the morning, which is what I used to do, which is, by the way, not healthy, so it just it takes a little bit of thinking ahead. Now to address the whole boss thing, my boss wants me to be in this meeting. Again, this is a leadership style. But if I am overwhelming any of my team members, I ask them, and and this is just an open door policy. And sometimes it's a hard conversation. And they're like, I'm overwhelmed. You're giving me too much your expectations like you want me to have this done and this done and this done. And this is taking longer than what I thought it was going to take. Just have an open door policy. And then I sit down and usually i find some inefficiencies where i'm like okay why i ask questions and then i try to help them through it and then we sometimes reallocate some of those priorities and and then we also have a few vAs that Are there not so much that that our VAs are they're not as structured when it comes to time blocking, they are there. So, when stuff happens or unexpected things happen, or we have a funnel break, which I broke a link last night at nine o'clock at night because I changed something, and then I was like, oh crap. Um, you know, we do have some people on hand that are there as things come up to help us put the fires out, which has been crucial. And and so important for business growth. You do have to have those people there that can respond to things so that you can still focus on whatever your calendar says that you should be doing that day.
0: Yeah, very interesting. And certainly, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm becoming a um, believer in that model more and more, quite frankly, you have to block off the time you have to prioritize correctly. And, and you have to have the right people that you can reach out to. There's actually very few emergencies, in my opinion, in, in our line of work, I mean, PR, maybe a little bit more, you know, because if somebody covers something and say some, says something that, you know, you, you have to respond to as a company, but even that's not a real emergency, I mean, plus there's all kinds of companies that just ignore it anyway, so why do you need to have a emergency meeting about it if you're not going to say anything anyways or, you know, whatever, um, so how do we get the, how do we get our mindset right? How do we start? What do you tell people if, if they're struggling, um, w- with productivity? And so the other thing that just came, came to my mind is I've known people not currently that I work with, but you know, I have worked with people who are always so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. I have any time. I, and I have no time. No time. Do You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. And all the time.
0: I don't know what they get done. And then the other thing, I actually, I think it was when uh, Julian Hayes was on the show the other day, we talked about when people, when their only accomplishment is that they worked a lot of hours, how effective were those hours, you know? So how do we, how do we get started? What's the, what's the magic uh, potion, I guess?
1: Yeah. Well, even though I, I preach paperless and digital calendars, even before you get to that point. I'm a visual person and each individual person, they learn differently. They're going to change their habits differently. But what I like to do is, and, and we do strategy sessions with clients, is we get big white We have big, big, really big whiteboards, or the really big post-it notes that you can just lay out on a wall and just start with the week ahead. That This stuff does not happen overnight, but just start with the week ahead and make a list on one of the pieces of paper big on the wall. This is all and, and use colored markers. And again, for me, red means I have to be there. I have to show up. I cannot outsource that <laughs> like today. Like I have to show up for this podcast and for this live. I can't outsource that to a team member. They don't love to teach and they don't love to be on camera like I do. <laughs> I love it. I'll talk to anybody. Well, you know, it must have
0: been. Plus it'd be weird if you know I'm I'm saying we have a show with Angela and somebody else shows up.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so it's like these are the things I have to do this week that are in red. These are the things around family and schedules and school schedules are in blue. And then in my orange marker, it would be like all the stuff that I want to do for me, like my time, me time. And then in green is like the client work. And again, that's why deadlines and having a project deadline is so important for us is because we literally block all that out. So I'm like, here's all the things I have to do this week. And then I look at my schedule and it's like, okay, I might want to work eight to five. I might want to start at noon and I'll work till nine at night because I want to do something else till noon with my nieces and nephew. So flexibility is a great thing, especially when you are the leader and you are running a company, but you still have to put discipline in place for yourself. The other thing that I've really learned is to outsource my calendar and outsource the the time frames. And I have somebody who's a completely different personality than me manage my time and manage my schedule. And she, she sees all the calendars. She knows what I have going on personally and professionally. And I've been able to outsource that. And so I have accountability to her as a team member. And then she's the one communicating with our clients and our other team members. So it's really important that when you outsource things, that you let those people show up to do those things and that you follow suit as well. Again, things have to be, things come up sometimes. And I'm like, hey, I need you to change this and this and this, like, so-and-so slipped and broke their arm. I got to go to the ER. Like, that's just real life. But when you are able to focus and concentrate on what you love to do and what you're best at, you're going to show up really differently when you outsource everything else.
0: It's true. And uh, certainly I work with her and and she was great to work with very similar names. So the first couple of times I thought it was you, but that certainly happens. I actually, uh, not in this case, but a lot of times, uh, maybe the first time we did it, but I send people a Calendly link now, so they can schedule their own time. Now, some people get quite upset by that. And and Dave Carruthers, the CEO of Vox Pop Me, just tweeted yesterday. He says, "Why is anybody getting upset by that? They're being conscientious of your time, which is like one of the you know one of the things that slips away like nothing else." Um, so I use that, but there is some people who get quite upset. I had one person um email me once and say well first we have to get to know each other and then we have to have a meeting and a meeting and then we go live and and i'm thinking i i don't have time for three meetings to have one and the other thing by the way dear live streamers and podcasters listening um doing a prep meeting usually will hurt the show because what happens is angela and i you know we'll have all the fun on the pre-meeting And then we come on here and it feels like, you know, we've already talked about it. So we're not going to repeat it. I mean, have you had that experience or no?
1: I agree 100%. I mean, I've never done a prep meeting. Like I've, I've been on other people's podcasts and they have asked if I would do a prep meeting. I think like I would say two this year. And we actually, that forced us, well, it didn't force us, we decided to put in a pre-qualification process that if they mm-hmm. didn't have 100 episodes, if they weren't committed to treating their podcast like a business, and there wasn't a consistency plan to wash, rinse, repeat the content, to get it out there to as many people as we can. I treat my podcast like a business. It's a whole nother business. So I, we decided that if I have to go and do an hour pre-meeting with somebody just to be on a, a podcast, that's going to be for 30 minutes. I can't do it. I'm just like you, I don't have time. And you're right. It's like, it's more organic and it's more fun when you're like getting to know somebody. And so I couldn't agree more. It's just, it's not a good use of time.
0: And it sounds so dumb when you just said that out loud, honestly, an hour prep meeting for a 30-minute conversation. What? That's 30 for what? <laughs> it is kind of crazy. But, you know, if you've never been on a podcast, um, maybe that's what some people would want to do. But, again, you know, you've been on plenty of podcasts, so have I. And, and you know, I really don't need a prep meeting usually. Um, they're not going to ask me anything that I probably haven't been asked. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing a little bit here. So, of course, um, people can connect with you. Angelaprofit.com, two Fs, two Ts. That's easy to misspell. I did it earlier, but I fixed it. Um, where what else? How do people connect with you? What how do they work with you? What's um, when who should reach out?
1: Yeah, so well, we, we really have two different types of clients that that we work with and who are part of our GSD community. We have the the client that is Has been in business for less than five years, and they're still trying to figure out the foundation, the systems, the processes, how to go paperless, how to hire the right team members, how to communicate with the team members, and again, how to set up those internal and external processes. And so we have something called the GSD Academy, which the website's thegsdacademy.com. We only open and close enrollment four times a year because I do get on and support all of those people that are going through that online course. And then, of course, we have private clients that they just, they're like, how much does this cost? You just do it all for me. (laughs) And, And most of those people, they own multiple companies, they're investors, they're busy, they know that content is important. And they know that each thing is important, but they don't want to go h- to hire an internal marketing team and, and hire strategists and hire a photographer and hire a video team and a copywriter and a designer and a coder. And they don't, they would rather outsource it all. And so we do have our private clients that hire us. And every 90 days, we do a strategy and our team pulls together. And again, it forces those business owners and those leaders and the leadership team to think ahead so they don't have to stress about what's going to go out in, in public and what, what contest are we doing and what holiday is coming up. And, and we really try to work with them to best serve new potential clients and pre qualifications, and then nurture your current clients and then also nurturing your return clients, you know, that you might finish a project and then they need something else. How do you stay top of mind and how, how do you do that? And so we work with a handful of private clients that we do that for as well.
0: So I think the test went well for the most part. I think we look great on Facebook. Twitter looked like we were a little blurry at times. LinkedIn, it stopped working for me, but people are tuned in. So it looks like it's working for others. And YouTube, it is looking crystal clear. So I'll have to think about if I keep using this resolution or if nobody cares. Maybe we'll go back to the lower one, who knows? There's always something new to test. Angela, thanks for being the guinea pig, uh, even though I know you didn't have a choice because we just kind of did it. Um, But I do appreciate you sharing your tips with us. Um, Very helpful, very um, relevant. Um, Thanks for making the time um, and time blocking me in.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You bet. Thanks everyone for watching and listening. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast
1: channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you.
0: Until next time, let the best stories win.